for those who don't know who I am, my name is Baba Lotekiso, and I have the awesome privilege of leading this community here called Following Jesus. Um, if you've been following with us, you'll realize that we've been going through, not an official, but we've been going through a pattern of, of reading the book of Hebrews, and we focused on three scriptures in the book of Hebrews that I felt as I was seeking God that this can be the good scriptures to kick the air off for us as a church. And I've preached for the past three weeks, and I've preached on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 4. And in that, we're looking at how running the race that's set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, helps us to endure as we run the race. And then we moved to last week where we said, in fact, in the first week, we even had Trevor Davis so um, amazingly put his bike on stage and as I was preaching, he was pedaling. And for those who were here, you would remember that at some stage when Trevor was pedaling, you could hear him going, and you could feel that it was burning, it was hard, but he was enduring. And we were saying, if you're going to run your race, you need to be willing to endure. Why do you have to endure? Because the one who came to die for us saw it as a joy to endure and go on the course for us. So because we follow him and because he's endured, we imitate him. And then we moved to the second week and we said, if you want to endure, you cannot endure without hope. And we said, what is your hope? Who is your hope? And we said, we have a hope that is set before us. We have a race set before us and we have a hope set before us. So we are running a race with endurance, fixing our eyes on Christ who's a perfecter and pioneer of our faith. And we are saying, that guy, we want to hope in him because in him there is living hope. In him we have a Messiah who lives that beyond our circumstances we can enjoy. With him, in him, for him, through him. And this morning, I want us to extend the journey and say that hope that we hold on to so firmly, so tightly is our anchor. Very secured. Very firm. That hope is our anchor. That is very secured and that is very firm. So we're going to start reading Picking up again from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 to verse 20. And if you have your Bibles, you can open them. If you have your iPhones, you can. If you, don't, if you didn't bring anything, there's, there's a screen here where you can follow with me. So let's start reading. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he saw by himself, saying, Abraham, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, 
Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the, heir, the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Why did God do this? God did this so that by the two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. This anchor enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I want us to read Hebrews, same scripture, but this time I want us to read it from the NLT version, from verse 18 only to verse 20. And it reads as follows. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have a great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's sanctuary, inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there before us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I ask you to bless your word. I ask you that everyone sitting in this place, you can do work in their hearts. We came in this door with different things that we're carrying. I pray right now that only you are the focus right now. Only you are the center right now. And then we all will leave this place different people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you might be sitting here and thinking, what is this man talking about? What is an anchor? How does an anchor look like? For some of us who... I, I know I was just joking. You can see, I mean, I... I'm very strong, eh? I believe, only my daughter believes I'm strong because when she, she looks at my, she's like, you're dead, you're so strong. <laughs> Clearly I'm not. But um, for some people who don't, who've never seen an anchor, this is an anchor. And this one, like Jen said, it weighs 10 kgs and she says I'm a sissy because why am I complaining? But if you come and hold this thing, you'll feel what I'm feeling. <clears throat> but this is an anchor. When you are in the water, 
and you need to dock. This is what keeps your boat from being washed away. Storms of life can come. Heavy winds can come. But if your ship or your boat is well anchored, if your hope in Christ is well anchored, let the storms come. Let the winds come. Let them push you up and down. You will hold the ground firmly and securely to the anchor of your soul. The role of an anchor is to keep the ship from being tossed away by the wind. Is to keep it safe and secure. Is to make sure the ship is steady when times of rough winds come. But let me tell you something. This anchor, sometimes, when not anchored properly, when the winds come, it moves with the wind. And the boat and the people inside are in danger. So sometimes the anchor can fail if it's not properly anchored. If your faith and my faith is not properly anchored, when the winds of life come, they will toss us up and down. In 1997, I was a young boy doing grade, grade standard six, grade eight. Hey. It's been a long road. And in 1997, my brother, who had an anchor already that was firm and secure, invited me to what was called at the time SCM. And this was a school Christian movement. My brother by that time had been a Christian for a few years at the time. And he was on fire. He was passionate. He loved Jesus with everything he had. And he used to invite me. And I used to say, no, no. And one day I decided, let me just go. And I can tell him to get off my back. Because at least I've gone. And then I went in there. And they started singing a song. And the song went something like this. I am happy today because Jesus came and took away my sins. And if you see me happy today, it's because I'm a free man. I grew up in church, but I had never heard those words. My family has always been religious. I was a leader in Sunday school. Can you believe it? When I was supposed to be teaching, I was teaching. I was a leader in the youth. I was preaching in church. And for those who come from the kind of churches where we come from, I was a leader and I was preaching. I don't know if you can hear me right now, church. So that was me. But even with that, I didn't have the conviction in my heart. 
I did not know that I needed to repent and ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin and ask him to guide me as I go along in the journey. So I went to, Christ, to this SCM and they sang this song and I heard my heart beat fast and I said, but what's happening with me right now? And the guy in front said, who wants to be happy this day? Who wants his sins to be forgiven? And I started shaking and I couldn't explain what was happening to me because I went in there with a stubborn mind. I went in there thinking I'm going in and I'm going out because I just want to satisfy my brother. But I didn't know that Jesus had an appointment with me that day. So they called people to the front and said, if you want to be happy, if you want to be free, if you want your sins to be forgiven, if you want to live a free life, why don't you come to the front? And I said, never. I was shaking. I was crying. There were tears and snot everywhere. Don't picture that. No, no, don't go there. Don't go there. But still, I was still stubborn. And I don't know how to explain this to you, but I found myself in the front. And I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I knew that something was released from me. And I knew I was a free person. But let me tell you something. It was not even a year and a half later. I realized that the anchor was not holding. And when the winds of life came, when adolescence kicked in, I drifted. When the winds came, I went with the wind. Because the foundation that kept me in the journey to follow Christ was no longer firm. The anchor that I had put down was not firm enough. And the world took me. And for many years after that, the devil had fun with me. And the world and me were big friends. And we spent some good times together. And then the day came when I remembered that I belonged to the anchor. When I got to the end of the rope. And the same anchor that hurt me as I was trying to move forward, I felt it pulling me back and saying, remember, you are still attached to me. You are still attached to me. You may be drifting. You may be going away. You may be enjoying the fun of life. But if your foundation is the anchor, at one point the anchor will hook and it will hold you. And it will remind you to return home. And when I realized that I'm still anchored, though I'm drifting, the one who loves us, the one who with our mess and with our nonsense never rejects us, the one 
who went to the cross, even when we were sinners, and he still died for you and me, pulled me back and said, come home. And today I stand before you as a vessel leading his church, pulling others with the same rope and saying there's an anchor. The only anchor that is strong and that is firm. And right now, I'm going to ask Tabo, I'm going to ask Madala, and I'm going to ask Shefiwa to come to the stage. Because the beginning of this year, I had an awesome privilege to go with Madala, for those who know, to go with Madala to Stefontaine Dam. Stefontaine is in Harry Smith, it's about three hours from here, and Madala has a boat. And Madala likes and enjoys taking people on his boat. And we went sailing through this dam. And we went to different corners of this dam. And we were in this water for four days. And I want Tabo to come to the front. I don't know why I must call you twice. And Madala and Shefiwa to come to the front. And as we went and spent time in this water, I don't know how to swim. My friend here, Tabo, doesn't know how to swim. I told him I'm going to do this to him. And Chifiwa knows how to swim. And Madala knows how to swim. So me and Tabo, you can see us there. We are the only two people smiling and looking like good. But deep down... There were things happening. Our hearts were going. Because we were now in the middle of a place that made us feel uncomfortable. These were territories that we were not used to. We were not in control. Because we were sitting on this boat and saying, Lord, you are the maker of water and heaven. And we belong to you. And you'll take us out of this water. But we are sailing anyway. <laughs> so we were there. Beautiful sceneries. The peace you get when you're there. The quietness. After I had a quiet time, I came to Madala. And I said, Madala, I think I heard the voice of God. It's so quiet here. There is life a game here. You can see zebras and all kinds of animals. And we went hiking. We left the boat and went hiking. And as you can see, those who are scared of swimming, they were getting into the thick of things. And look how peaceful they looked. Away, Brawam. And then the storm came. And then the storm came. And then things started to happen. When you are in that water and you have just you, life jacket, and three boys, 
you learn how to pray in tongues. I surely did pray in tongues. And this is a picture that I'll remember Madala with. I think this picture represents Madala very well. I think after Christine, this is what Madala loves. <laughs> right, Christine? It's God, it's you, then it's the boat. <laughs> but I want to give Tabo, Madala, and Chefewa an opportunity to tell you how safe they felt in the storms that came when this man here was properly anchored. I want them to tell you about their fears. I want Madala to tell you about the forerunner called Jesus. I want Madala to tell you what happens when that boat is facing the wind and is just going in line with the wind. And Shefio is going to also tell us, don't make fun of me, some of the things that happened when you were out there. Okay. Morning, morning, everyone. Yeah, so my role uh, was, I was the anchor man. Yeah, so uh, just to give you some context, vendor boy, never been on a boat. Um, so it, it, was, it was an experience, right? So, um, so when the boat gets to shore, my role was to get down. You see that ladder? Get down. And then I would have a stake, go put it. You can't see it there, but there's a stake that is, has been put for the land anchor. And uh, that made sure that the boat actually stayed intact. So this night actually was our last night, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And this is when we had the worst storm, actually, at, uh, in the evening. And the waves were hitting on the side, and they were just pummeling and pummeling. And uh, Mr. Man here was uh, quite scared, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so he was very scared. And Madala then, I mean, he's got experience. Madala has experience. And he said, no, the best way for us to do this, uh, to ensure that we actually have a peaceful night, is we need to take the boat, put it inside. So it's at show at the moment. So we needed to go in and then take the sea anchor and the land anchor and put them in the front. I don't know what, what it's called in Madala. So we would now anchor. You can't see it, but the sea anchor, this one here, was actually... Uh, hooking the boat from the back. So in this case, we were going to have this rope and also the, the land anchor going to the front. So we go inside. So then what happened with that is when the wind comes, the boat changes direction with the wind. So it's not getting pummeled. I understood that. But uh, explaining to our Mfundis here <laughs> that now we have to go into the water with the wind, I mean, the wind was crazy. Just did not make sense to him. So, so he asked Madal, can we sleep with a lifeboat? Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, sorry, with a life jacket. So he wanted to know if he can sleep with a life jacket because he was worried that inside the water, if something happens, he can't swim. So that, that's, yeah, that's our story. But I was confident because I actually put the, the stake to the ground. I was confident. My dialer explained it to me, so it made, the science made sense. Yeah, but uh, that's that's my my anchor story. Yeah, so thank you.
one day is one day. <laughs> On a real note, when fear enters your heart, when the winds come, As a pastor of a church, I need to be going to them and say, Jesus is with us. <laughs> but when fear entered me, I had to be reminded by Madala to say, he's the one who made the waters. We can speak to him. He can quieten this wind. And in life sometimes, when that fear comes upon us, and we don't have people around us to remind us that, hey, there's an anchor. There's hope that we have. So, and that was an amazing thing that Madala, before we make decisions, everything he just prayed. He asked God, okay, so now we need to make a decision. There's a storm. What do we do? I mean, his faith calmed us down. It's not just his knowledge, but also his faith in God to say, there's a storm, you know, there's decisions that need to be made. Jesus, just lead us, show us direction. We, we don't know what to do. So that, that for me was quite amazing, really, uh, to see that in, in action. And Tabo? Um, morning, everyone. Um, so... I think I'll just um, carry on from where Chief left off. My my role um, on the trip um, was that of someone that looks after the sails. So essentially, you fill the sails with wind to get momentum and 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 a steer, as it were. So you would move the sails as and how the wind direction is 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 moving. Yeah, but on the last night. Man, it was it was real, it was real. So when Chief says, um, "Our dear pastor was 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 fearful," he's not joking. <laughs> at, at, at some point, he would not even listen. Like that's how consumed with concern he was, and the questions he kept asking were just ones of fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so he says, but. I mean, I've been thinking about that night, knowing that I'll be standing here. And just in the four days that we were in the water, um, that night, after the maneuvers that we did with the anchor and, and, and um, I remember um, Nick in the morning asking, how did everyone sleep? And I genuinely slept like a baby. No lies. It, 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 it was real that night but I I had the best night sleep ever and contextualizing it and bringing it back to this anchor for me just um, spoke so much volume that had it not been for the maneuvering of the anchor had it not been for ensuring that that, that anchor and the wind are all in sync um, we would not have had I would not have had the best night in the four days so <laughs> so yeah, that 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 essentially was my experience. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I've I've asked Madala 
who in a short time is going to demonstrate what he's going to be talking about now. But the scripture we've just read speaks about Jesus, the forerunner. And Madala, please explain quickly what the forerunner does when you are in the middle of the ocean and when the ship needs to go be anchored. Okay. Can I get to the boat and, and show you? Okay. <laughs> the, the point is, the forerunner is, is a word that most people don't know about. Does everybody know who the fore, what the forerunner does? Isn't that marvelous? Not a hand. <laughs> oh, she knows, and these guys know. And he does. No, he's coming to play. He's oh, to okay. And, and when you see what we're about to show you, what the forerunner does, is just your faith. We have a hope that is a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It is a hope that reaches right into the presence of God, where Christ has gone ahead of us, the forerunner. Okay, and I want to show you what the forerunner does with my two able seamen. And I, what, what I want you to understand is that here, here is the ship. Can you take that side, Tabo? Hold up. And on board the ship is a lifeboat. Okay, young, young adults, please will you come? And there you go. Now, these young adults represent the um, people on the boat, and they are saved. Uh, they've given their lives to Jesus, right? But we are trying to get from here into the harbor over there. And what's happening is the wind is blowing howling down towards us. And in the old days, have any of you ever seen those pictures of the uh, pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. yeah? And the ship had square sails. Um, they go like that. And the problem with those sails is if the wind's coming from behind, it'll push the boat forward. But now we're trying to get into the harbor over there, and the wind is blowing this way. And if those sails, square sails are up, we just go back and further and further away. Do you see? So the ship anchors. It comes as close as it can, and the forerunner is the man, and he has to be a man because he's got to have big shoulders, right? He's the man that has to get into the lifeboat and row towards the... Okay, I... Okay, they've, just, they've just turned into oars. And they're coming there, and the guys on the boat trying to get into the harbour, where are some of the women? Come on, Elizabeth. There, was, there are women who have sailed all around the world. They know what. Okay, keep going. And the harbour of heaven is right here. Okay. And the ship is, is, is tied to that. Now, what you need to know is that that is not a, a Sunday afternoon row. There is wind whipping up waves, and the water is getting shallower as it goes into the harbor. And this is a tough journey. Just think about Christ, the forerunner. The moment he arrived in Bethlehem, they wanted to kill him. 
That's the first storm. And then he goes to Egypt. That's the second storm. You know, the whole story of Jesus was fighting against the wind and the waves and the rocks of the most tremendous fight to get into heaven. And Jesus went there. The the veil was torn in two. He went right into the presence of God. And this scripture says, where the forerunner has gone ahead of us into the presence of God, and he is going to bring the ship in. And what you need to know is that as they, there's the forerunner, okay, as he pulls, start pulling, what happens here? Do you see? The saved come home, and they're safe. And I tell you, there's no way that this ship is not going to get into the harbor of heaven because Jesus has gone in ahead of us. Are you, are you properly anchored this morning? Or do you feel like you've been drifting slowly away from the anchor? Where do you find yourself this morning? Are you properly anchored in this community of following Jesus? Or the winds, when they come, they're pushing you away from this community. Are you properly anchored into your family? Or the division, the fights that are happening in your family? drifting you away and apart? Are you drifting away from your children? The anchor of your life and the hope of your life is it firm is it secure listen in our own strength we can do nothing there is no body weight that can keep the ship strong enough for when the wind comes. Even the big ship needs an anchor. Are you properly anchored this morning? 
the one who's our anchor is also our high priest. The high priest who's a forerunner who went to prepare a place for us. The forerunner who stood the winds of time who when they put the crown of thorns in his head he said I'm going. I'm going to the cross. When they put those nails in his hands and feet he said I'm going. When he shouted Eloi Eloi Labachsabachthani rowing to the shore with the winds coming and saying I'll get my people to my father nothing is going to stop me he's our high priest do you know the funny thing about the high priest in the old testament is that the high priest only went into the sanctuary once a year and even once a year he had to make sure that himself is cleansed of his sins he had to perform rituals and rituals before he can go into the holy of holies and the high priest would be carrying the sins of the nation and he would go in there with fear and trembling because he's going into the presence of god and if the high priest by any chance did not cleanse himself very well he would not come out alive in that century they used to put a rope on their feet on their legs if they saw time was going and they were not coming back the same way this rope is anchored into this anchor they would pull his body out and he would come out dead and jesus comes and says i want to be a different kind of a high priest i want to be a priest that goes behind the veil but i want to be a priest that goes behind it to tore it apart so that there is nothing anymore that can separate you to the love of my father i want everybody to have access to the holy of holies i want everybody carrying any kind of sin to come and to know that in the sanctuary in the holy of holies there is grace there is love there is mercy and our forerunner who's the high priest has fought the battle has won the war he's victorious and he's pulling us back to himself and he's saying i'm the anchor that is firm that is secured only in me that you can find life only in me that you can find mercy only in me that you can find hope but to do that you have to be anchored properly following Jesus as a community as a church we will be tossed up and down by the winds if we are not properly anchored 
I'm saying this to you with love. I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. If we allow the winds of this world, if we allow the gossip, if we allow bad-mouthing, if we allow side conversations to take place in this church, <laughs> we will drift apart as a community. And where there is no unity, there is no blessing. Let's hold on to the anchor. Let's make sure that our anchor is firm and secured. Let's make sure that all of us, as a community, we can be so firm and strong in the anchor that when the winds come, we can, like Madala, remind one another that the ones who created the winds can tell them to stop. The one who created the water can calm the storm down. Are you properly anchored? People are following Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team to fully come on stage. And they sing. As they sing, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about how far you are from the anchor. I want you to think about ways that you want to respond to the way that God has given us this morning. And if you feel that God is pulling that rope and he's saying, I want you in the harbor of heaven, my child. I want you to spend time with me in eternity. I want you to return to me, my child. Respond accordingly. Respond accordingly. And make a new vow today. Make a new vow today. Because of time, I'm going to ask the team to continue worshipping. But in this church, we don't want to rush ministry time. For people who want to come, like me, in 1997, with tears and snort and a trembling body, to the forerunner, and say, I've been drifting. I've been pushed and tossed away by the winds. But I'm hooking onto the rope right now. I'm allowing you to pull me back because I want to be properly anchored. We don't want to miss this moment. We don't want to miss this moment. And if you do not fall on any category but you still want to come, come. Don't be shy about anything. If you feel that you don't need prayer right now, but you want to pray for people, come and pray for people. And if you feel that you don't need any prayer this morning, and you want to go out quietly into the red umbrellas and enjoy a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, you can also do that. But you want to make sure that those who need ministry time and those who need prayer and to be ministered to are not rushed and we can spend time in His presence and doing business with God. We'll see you guys next week.
when we share more about the vision and what we feel the vehicle is going to be going forward it's exciting it's going to be awesome so come join us next week and for those who are driving I pray that you drive safe and for all of us I want to pray a prayer of blessing over us and say may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide in us now and forevermore Amen.